Final word, Women's Ashes Daily. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Uh, what a day of cricket that was at Southampton. Jeff, 30 seconds to sum it up. Australia made more runs than they made last time. <laughs> 282. Perry makes 91 through the middle after they lose two wickets early. There's a consolidation job with Sutherland, makes her first ODI 50. Um, Eccleston, two wickets in an over, gets both of them towards the end when they're about to launch. But then Wareham comes in and launches 26 off the last over. What are you doing? Three sixes. Um, and then England, they make a great fist of it. Beaumont makes 60 at a runner ball. They lose a couple early. Nat Siverbrunt comes in. She starts batting through the innings. A couple more wickets fall. They seem like they're nowhere. They need 80 with her batting with Sarah Glenn. And they nearly bloody get there. They fall three runs short. She needed six off the last ball. England can't get the Ashes back. Australia have retained the women's Ashes. They needed to put on 80 for the last down, as you say, and got 76 of them. That was all in the space of 11.2 overs. It was a valiant effort from Glenn and Siva Brunt, who finishes unbeaten on 111 from 99 deliveries. Uh, I think I mentioned on Storytime a couple of days ago that I spoke to Nat and interviewed her for a piece just before the series. And she felt, and she was right in feeling this, that they were as close as they've ever been to beating Australia at home. And I mean, has that old, what's that old adage about um, football? You know, two teams play for 90 minutes and Germany win. Like, it feels mm. like that, but the Australian cricket team in place of the German football team. Like, somehow. Except for the last few weeks, last couple of weeks, last 10 days. When sure, it just, sure. It's but changed. I, but yeah. I guess when it matters most is, is yeah. the point here is that when it really mattered today, Georgia Wareham uh, plays a sparkling hand of 37 not out from 15 mm -hmm. balls when it mattered most. Took yep. down Lauren Bell. Picked up two wickets early on, albeit um, the second of those was catching practice from Healy. But Bell in the slot, just as she was to Harman Preet Kaur um, when she was on a roll at Canterbury last year. And that is the difference that yep. Australia won the biggest moments and it was too much even for Nat Siverbrunt who is at the peak of her powers to, to, to finish the job for England I, I'm, I'm gutted for them you know because this had going down to the final game all over it didn't it yeah it, I mean it did and there was also the chance that if the final game is washed out yeah. then this would have been the decider big chance rain at Taunton on Tuesday um, oh. it, you know the forecast isn't isn't looking great so, so three runs the difference um, and I suppose if it does rain on Tuesday then maybe it's good that this was the decider I don't know Definitely, rather yeah. than sort of having it ending up being oh, I mean that doesn't even make any sense numerically but I'm quite confused I'm quite <laughs> emotional it's been it's been one of the, like you watch those games halfway through that second innings you're like well Australia are romping this they're going to win it easily yeah. and they don't now I didn't even mention Alana King in the 30 second summary <laughs> I didn't mention Australia picking two leg spinners mm. this this was key for me this was if I can use the language of the time clutch in that when I was sitting there at Bristol um, and you might even find this in the preamble for the OBO I was like why aren't they bo picking both the leg spinners on this pitch in Bristol which is generally slow and this one looks what like one of the slow ones one of the brown ones you don't need your faster bowlers you want everyone to take the pace off the ball pick every spinner at your disposal pick Jess Jonathan pick Alana King pick Georgia Wareham get Ashley Gardner in there get everybody involved who can bowl slow you know if there's someone in the coaching staff who bowls slow get them in get them in there and <laughs> And they didn't pick both the leg spinners. They left King out, and I thought that was a major misstep. That was, and they ended up going for over 100 off the first, uh, 108 off the first 12 overs or thereabouts. Should have opened the ball with Shelley Nitschke, the coach. 
to bowl some left-arm spin. Everyone yeah. should have bowled. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly. right. Get you, the dock involved. You, you put your points right. And look, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you put this in your Guardian piece. We were talking about it off air before that um, in 2005, Australia's men fell short at the final hurdle. And part of that was not picking their two best bowlers, who happened to be two spinners, two yep. leg spinners at that with Warner McGill. Australia get it right at the right time. Australia mm-hmm. get things right at the right time. They go through World Cup campaigns where they have a wobble, where they don't, mm-hmm. where it doesn't look quite look right structurally, and they find a way of adjusting and and getting back on track just when they need to. It was all, I mean, uh, England were on a roll. They were riding the wave, of the, the crest of the wave, momentum, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, heading into today. And Australia yep. have gotten the way. And, and again, it comes down to what Wareham did with the bat. Absolutely. Perry consolidating after the early wickets, having that support from Sutherland, who'd yep. never done that on that stage with the bat and, like that before. And contrasting efforts, right? So, I mean, Perry, because Perry's coming out of that, that first drop where she normally she's done most of her work at four. It's usually landing at three. Sure. Perry's had to come in at three through this series. She's had to come in early both times. Um, she does that again and she's got a fair bit of work to do but she always made sure to keep like they were generally getting four or five off and over she was ticking that over often enough she'd play an attacking shot here and there just to make sure okay we're keeping the rate up we're not getting too far behind and then when Sutherland comes in she goes after them she scores 20 out of her first 20 balls Mm. and and hits three fours in and over um, takes to the bowling enough to keep pushing the rate up so that Perry's able to, to continue to sit back and, and bat all the way, almost all the way through. And they get to within sort of three, four overs at the close. They're both dismissed in that Eccleston over. Canny from Heather Knight, because so, she bowled a lot of Eccleston through the middle. And I thought, you bowled too much Sophie Eccleston before the 40th over. She had two in hand from Eccleston and then held them back and, and used them at, at different points through the last 10. And that's key, but you've still got a hitter who can come in next. Yeah, and Australia have that faith in Jonathan bowling left arm round the wicket to the right-handers and aiming it low into the base of the leg stump at the end, and, and England got the best bowler in the world. So that, that made for a great contest as well. Heather Knight said on TMS when it was all over that it's the greatest series she's played in. It might be the greatest women's series ever bilateral. And I'm like, yeah, that's a fairly good shout, because in the past, you'll go back in history and you'll see where sides have come from behind it and all the rest of it, but the multi-format series um, contests have been largely one-sided. Even the drawn one in 2017 felt one-sided because Australia went 8-4 up in the last two games that England won the T20 format at Monica. They, they, they didn't feel like they had as much riding on them. Yeah. By the way, just a segue from that to say that I don't think at all, if England were to win on the final day at Taunton, if they get mm. up and they get on and they, they win, I don't think it should be called a, an Ashes retention. I think I'm a bit off on this. I get why um, in Test Series, historically, sides have retained the trophy at the end of it. But this is multi-format cricket. It doesn't feel like... I mean, I think a drawn series is OK. Mm. I think having the, sh- the trophy shared is fine. I don't think we need to do, like, following... In the, in the slipstream of men's cricket and with test yep. cricket. I don't know whether we... And, and, of course, the solution to all of this is having the points redistributed in a way that's done with some In a way numbers. where you can't really... Where it's harder to get a, a, a tired result. Five, five for the is, test, three for the one days, two for the one days, and one and a half for the drawn test. Yep. you can. There are that's still ways model. that you can draw that <laughs> series. Um, what if... Say say you know say it's a tie for the last match. You play a super over. You decide the last match. Then you're even on points. Then you play another super over for the series. <laughs> now we're talking a bowl out. They've had that at, um, at Taunton before after a T20. I'm pretty sure where they yep. use the indoor school for a bowl off. That's what that's what might be required on Tuesday. So Elise Perry today still doing the job. 16 years on debuted in 2007. Wow. I, I kind of liked the fact that 
she got out for 91 because Elise Perry's one-day career is not about hundreds. No. She's only made a couple of them. She made her 30th half-century <laughs> in one-day cricket today in, what, 120-odd matches? Like and, and how long did it take that? her to reach three, her first 20-odd 50s run converted, right? Yeah, yeah, twice 24 or 25. Yeah. She, she didn't make 100 for ages, but she genuinely doesn't care that much about making hundreds like seeing how sort of relaxed she was about getting out for 99 in the test match she was like oh well you know would have been nice to get it but so be it she genuinely didn't seem bothered and I don't think it was just putting it on I, I think I mean yeah she would like to make 100 but she's not that invested in that sort of statistical part of it it was can you put together a match winning innings for your side and yeah today she did I think it's fitting that Elise Perry's final series in England will be with Australia retaining the Ashes as well. Like um, She's an all-time great. I remember interviewing her four years ago at Taunton after she made a test century and she was like, well, I may, I may not be still playing international cricket in four years from now. You can be sure that she won't be doing it four years from this point because of mm. the wear and tear. And as you point out, 16 years in international, it's one of the great careers when they, when we go back and review it when she finally does retire. We'll point at days like today when mm -hmm. she was, you know, in cricketing terms, getting long in the tooth filled weird to talk about that with Perry who'll be forever young but nevertheless yep. that she was still able to step up when um, the pressure was on and it goes back to having that phlegmatic personality that you described there that she is able to um, step back from mm -hmm. the heat of a situation and, and keep things in perspective and, yep. and 91 today which I, I've said that Wareham was match winning well Perry made it possible for him yep. to do what she did. Perry and Sutherland with that big partnership. Yep. And then Georgia, well, you mentioned wear and tear. Georgia Wareham, Georgia Terham, she did. Um, so I reckon up until that point, up until 47 overs are bowled, they're nip and tuck. And both sides are relatively happy with where they're at. I think yeah. like you'd, you'd, you'd probably get both teams to accept that if it was a pre, if it was a bid three hours beforehand. What would you say, Heather Knight, if you could have them say yeah, uh, 267 seven for 240 after yeah, 47 yeah, yeah, or 7 yeah. for 260? It looked like Australia were going to be held short of the 263 they made at Bristol because England bowled really well like, through the middle part. They they kept things tight. Nat Silverbrunt bowled a couple of really good spells, just hitting a hard length, which meant that they couldn't do much with it. So they couldn't really pull the ball. They couldn't really drive it. They were just hitting it down the ground for ones. They had the sweep as well placed. And so there'd be an over that might go for seven, but there'd be an over that would go for two. And they kept everything in check, everything broadly in check. And it was like, okay, England will be chasing something similar to what they chased at Bristol. They'll be happy. And then it's those those last three overs, a few runs start flowing, and that last over, 26 off it. Wareham is the cleanest hitter. I mean, Grace Harris can maybe hit it longer, but there's something about the sound of contact off Wareham's bat. I remember watching her make 50 off 20-odd balls for the Renegades yep. maybe three, three or four seasons ago, and that was when you were like, holy hell, you know, there is a talent here that hasn't been tapped. She almost won Australia the T20 at the Oval with her hitting over the leg side, and the cleanness of the way she hits, three sixes over mid-wicket and one sort of more wide long on, crack, 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 and every time Bell, Bell twice tries to drive the ball into the pitch and bowl a slower ball bouncer outside off stump and Wareham both times picks it steps back forehands it over mid off who's up for four so she's like cool I'll just hit you for six when you bowl this way and I'll hit you for four that way <laughs> it's the and depth, got dropped off the last ball of the yeah well, it's it's that depth thing that we've come back to time and again when discussing the Australian women's national side it it goes it cascades through the, the pyramid right so they've had these um these uh expanded contracts from 2017 Funnily enough, that's when Georgia Wera makes her international debut. Mm -hmm. Not funnily enough at all, right? It, it's all consistent. It's all in the 
it's all in that um, it's all in, in pulling in the same direction. It's an organised approach. Yep. Um, it's given them the depth that when she missed a lot of cricket through injury, that there was a system there for her to rehabilitate, to come back through domestic mm-hmm. cricket, to return to the top table, and to do well again. Whereas mm-hmm. had she been five years older, maybe an injury of that nature might have set her back for three or four years, or maybe mm-hmm. she never would have gotten back. There would have been players to have jumped her in the queue, as Alana King, of course, did. But maybe and, she and would have found really it hard. Well. Nothing wrong with what Alana King's doing, by the way. I mean, she in hindsight was a visionary selection for the women's ashes two years ago i know we argued the corner of amanda jade wellington quite hard and we'll continue doing that that's good competitive tension having three high quality leg spinners in in the in the national ranks is has, has got to be a good get thing. them all in there if two was working get get three yeah. but so i liked that with so when once Warren was fit then there was a sense of okay well they'll pick her ahead of king because probably because she has the better batting um and she's more a bit more of a skiddy sort of bowler whereas king's a bit more give it some loop but getting them both in the same side man that really worked because beaumont flies out makes a half century yep. like plays beautifully again keeps picking the gaps and Beaumont has a habit of getting out to absolutely world-class leg break deliveries. Per Wellington. Wellington at 2017 <laughs> in North Sydney, um, the only good ball that day on a, an absolute dead pitch. But King gets her with one that's almost as good, the classic drift across, turn back, hit the outside of off stump, leg break bowler, um, and then picks up the next two as well. well. She's already got Knight with a slider at that point, then she gets Capsie caught in the deep. So three for 40-odd for King and, and, and the one for... Um, uh, for Wareham as well, that starts things off. Yeah, I think that both Aussie wrist spinners keep the stumps in play almost all of the time. Yes, there, there are the balls that spin square, which is the uh, in the gift of any decent wrist spinner, I suppose. But it's the ones that go on with the arm. The fact that there are a couple out to the slider today, keeping the stumps in the frame, keeping the front pad there as well, so that when sweeping, there's always an extra element of risk to it. Risk mm-hmm. to it, rather. So, yeah, they're they're top class, and and it may. Um, Siva Brunt's innings all the more impressive by the way we should double back on that 111 yeah. from 99 here 6-1 day but this doesn't even start to tell the story of our last couple of years like this sustained run of form not even a couple of years it's 12 months really because you've got to go back to when she was captain of the T20 side for the Commonwealth Games they don't make the final um, her her World Cup final was pretty good in March. No, sorry, quite right, yes. But if you want to fast forward to last summer, mm. um, they don't make the final of that Commonwealth Games under her with Heather Knight missing. They don't win a medal, which was a big thing at the time. Yep. She takes a break from the game for personal reasons, for mental health reasons, really, she described at the time. Missed the India series, which felt like it had a bit riding on it because it was lead, leading towards yet another World Cup, this time in, in the T20 format. She returns to the side after that, is a change of coach, mm. has a great World Cup, has a brilliant women's premier league and that form continues now into the women's ashes where she's comfortably the most important all-round player for England and it felt to me watching it that when she was on about 30 there was never any doubt that Sybil was going to be there at the end the question was could someone go with her she's she's gone to that next level and as you should like she's 30 remember that and Henry Moran had this um, recently she made her international debut a decade ago in front of kind of friends and family only at a club ground in Leicester to now playing in front of packed houses another one of those today at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton this is the theme of Siva's career. She is um, trended up as cricket's got bigger and bigger. There's been more and more money on offer and yep. she's gone from level to level. And I'm so thrilled for her on a personal level that she was able to be, albeit in a losing side, the one that kept England in it all the way to the end. So there's seven down just past 200. It looks like the game's gone. And then she puts on 76 um, with Sarah Glenn, who, so who well. did her bit as well, yeah. um, hung in there, hit a couple of big shots, but mostly just uh, pushed it around. They just left themselves that little bit too much to do. And there was that bit of lack of clarity about when to take runs in the last couple of overs, when to take the single, when to turn it down, you know, turns one down sort of at the end of the 49th, but then she takes one at the start of the 
fiftieth, which probably shouldn't have done in retrospect. They need fifteen off that last over, so she needs thirteen off the last um, three balls, and sorry, off the last uh, four balls. Hits hits a four that almost carries for six. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, sorry, it's eleven off the last three that they need, and that one nearly carries for six and doesn't. So it's seven off the last two. Gets a brace, doesn't get all of it. They get back for the second, and then she can't clear the boundary. It would have been six to win, four to tie. I think I said to you at the time that's going to be the difference when the four didn't quite go for six. Like she got underneath that one, and it just didn't quite carry. But you're right, having Sarah Glenn for company, who, um, you know, domestic cricket would suggest that Glenn's got the ability to bat higher up the list for England. It's just never really quite happened for her yep. at this next level. Hits the ball sweetly, played her role to perfection today, with the exception of a couple of times when they got their sums wrong, maybe with who should be on strike for the following over but found the rope a number of times. One dominant pull um, that across her front pad, which wasn't without risk, the little under edge as well. That'll happen when you're in a, a, a tight chase. But um, yeah, she did everything right. People will look at her strike rate and say they've lost by three runs and a strike rate of 62. But she was doing exactly what they needed her to do when they were so far out from the finish yeah. line when she arrived. And when you've got Siverbrunt at the other end, then you're allowed to play for your teammate and, yeah. and let let her strike rate make up for yours. That's the way it should have gone. Final word, Hall of Fame. Yes. Let's have the Hall of Fame where we, we pick the things that we enjoy today. It's brought to you by Westfield London, it Westfield is. Stratford City. We love them. We're grateful to have their support. Uh, we're going to be talking more about them this week when we go to Manchester for the Men's Ashes. All of our daily shows are brought to you thanks to uh, Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. We'll have a lot more to say uh, when we get up to Old Trafford in a couple of days. Now, I think for me it's, it's, it's another close finish it's another I mean obviously we all wanted it to go to the next one because it would have been game seven as well yeah, it would have yeah. been like playoffs you know <laughs> like the, the Cincinnati Bengals or whatever there would have been um, so many lovely intros written about game seven totally American, totally American I was sport. I was planning them out already yeah. um, so disappointed to have missed out there but the fact that you get another tight finish another uh, both results possible off the last ball all results possible I Here's suppose the Red Sox field is it Bill Buckner the ball went through his legs in game seven and um, the Oakland A's and the, uh, when the San Francisco earthquake in 1989. These are the things that the lost intros of Jeff Lemon. The um, was it was it Game Seven with the Cubs when the fan reaches over the wall and spoils the catch? I, or was yeah, that? that was in '94. I don't know whether it was Game Seven. It was certainly in the postseason. It was certainly in yeah. the in the yeah. postseason. So, it, I mean, yeah, just that just that we've had brilliant finish after brilliant finish, and the players must be exhausted. Like the emotional peaks and troughs, the the, the delight of Bristol for England, how deflated they'll be feeling now, but then wanting to get up and spoil Australia's party again like they did in 2017, see if they can at least leave the series level. There's so much, like there's a fair bit still riding on it even though the trophy's destination is secured. I just think for Hall of Fame it was the body language a couple of times that, that, that made me smile and also like, oh, I wish it was different. With Siva bringing up her 100 instead of being able to celebrate, she actually looks a little bit gutted because at that point they need I think 19 from nine or something and she's mm. probably thinking, we're not gonna get there. Like her entire, you know, also, I can't fixate on the personal milestone. I've got to yeah. keep going. But yeah. the probability of it happening from there being so low and at the same time that moment where the whole crowd go up and, and celebrate and the last ball of the penultimate over, which we've said to me, oh, it's a free hit. It's a free hit for Sarah it's Glenn here. Hit. And everyone's saying to each other, you could hear, I think it was Grace Harris on the bike, free hit. Nat Siva, free hit. Everyone's like, free hit, free hit, free hit. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't nail it, gets a single. Doesn't nail it, yeah. Uh, or didn't get the single. She came down and, and got sent back. In the end, you've got Winifred waving at you from the window. My daughter through the window, who's just yeah. had her bath. Hello, darling. 
Hi there. Hi, hi Winnie. <laughs> yeah, you'll do a big hit one of these days. Um, yeah, I think, I think that brings us to the end of it. It's, it's been so much fun. There's one more game to go. There's the third ODI. Hopefully it's not washed out um, and we will get a, another match and, and another final word women's ashes daily from there we will indeed thanks for listening to these and watching these throughout if you don't follow us on youtube you can do that our live shows on the 26th of july at the phoenix in soho uh, if you really like what we do and all the podcasts we're making patreon.com forward slash the final word where you can get half price tickets to the aforementioned live show an interview with enid bakewell the all-time great is in the feed from a couple of days ago and all the rest of it. We'll be at Manchester in a couple of days to continue this series of Ashes Dailies and the women's uh, Ashes final game that comes before that. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon for Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, Winnie. Sorry if I ran into empty, wrote this so you know what I meant. I had to go.